listening to the Rotten River Pursuits Podcast. Join our epic pro staff around the Sonic Campfire for stories and adventures from our eastern mountains to the Chesapeake Salt. Let our highs and lows inspire you to take to the outdoors. All right, everyone, welcome to the Rutten River Pursuits Podcast. I'm Steve. Sammy P. Catfisher. Bear. I'm Will. All right, we got a great episode for you today. This is episode five for us. Yeah. Isn't that great? Pretty cool, huh? Uh, we tearing it up. Tearing it up. Excuse me. Uh, pretty uh, interesting show tonight. We have uh, on the line... We're blessed. We're blessed to have on the line PA Rut Report. Here gathering around the uh, Sonic Campfire. Yeah. Yeah, so we got PA Rut Brad. How you doing? What's going on, fellas? We got GI Justin here. How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good, guys. How yeah. about you guys? Good. Yeah, good. Better than you are. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Anyways, <laughs> what is going on in the deer woods? In the deer woods? Yeah. Uh, well, gee, I just go ahead, Justin. You're you're the expert over there. Ooh, I wouldn't go. No, you go. are of the of between the two groups, Justin. You're leading the pack. Buck down. You are leading the pack, my man. Did you kill well, a no, buck? You guys got some does on the ground, right? You guys yeah, put some does down. Yeah, but does and Can't bucks. eat them horns, buddy. They're good for stirring the soup, you know? That's about it. I pick my teeth with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, it's been, it's been a different year. Um... I, first time I ever killed one on the first day. I killed a buck on the first day. That's bonus points, um, bud. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have a pregnant wife at home, so I figured... Congratulations. Uh, thanks, I, but I figured I better do it and do it when I can, you know. But uh, Do you have this deer on trail yeah, cams so and a, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Actually, this this buck here, this, was, this buck was one of the... It's probably the first time I actually targeted three deer... And those are the only three deer that I wanted to go out and kill. And I've had I've sheds from this deer for two years. Wow. This is my second uh, second full year if on this lease, if you want to call it a lease. The the, the landowner's disabled, and I cut some firewood and take care of uh, the property a little bit for him. And in turn, he lets me hunt his property. I always find so, it. but this is a. I always find that? it. I always find that it's awesome, Justin, when you actually you know get a buck that you have the sheds too. That that's awesome. You don't. You don't. Yeah, that, and that you know it was. Often. It's funny. No, it's funny because uh, I have sheds from a bunch of different bucks, but this one that I, I, I harvested was it was the I have both sheds from the last two years from, and uh, but he was an old. He was old. Um, I would say he's. Five and a half year old, six and a half year old, maybe. Um, For the listeners out there, tell me. I, I I briefly saw a picture from across the, you know, behind his shoulder. Tell me about this buck. What did what, uh, you get? Well, he, he was a, he was a he was a drop time eleven. Nice. He had eleven scoreable points. Ooh. Um, there was two in the picture. He had these two really cool eye guards. I got a euro mount from him. Um, I actually pick it up tomorrow. But he had these two real cool eye guards. You couldn't tell in the picture. Um, but he was just, he was a cool, gnarly buck. If you were to go off like the old timers, if you can hang a ring off of it, it's a, it's a point. He was probably about a 16 point. Just a bunch of cool junk uh, uh, on the bottom, uh, on, on the base. And yeah. uh, real high. He was only 14 and a half wide, but he was real tall. G2s uh, and G3s were all long. Um, and I actually, you know, I uh, I fell asleep in my blind. Right. <laughs> About gonna... 8 o'clock, that rain kind of put me right to sleep. And uh, he came out, and I watched him. I watched these, these three bucks come out, and they were scent checking and um, making some rubs and, and doing their thing. I got a, I got about a minute video of them. Really? And I actually, yeah, I actually, and I passed, Sounds like I the... passed them up. What's that? Sounds like you read the script. Holy man, you can't you know, know spend a lot of time not. with them. I mean, he—I probably watched him for 
10, 15 minutes maybe, because he, he skirted out around, and it was like like I said, about a weird year. Ninety percent of the time, that wind up on up on the lead, it blows out of the out of the west, almost you know directly out of the west, and uh, we had that we had that low pressure, that rain come in, yeah. and then we had we had south southeast winds, and I was like, oh, all my sets were for west winds, and uh, I kind of just went up, I threw a blind up Friday afternoon. I actually went over and went to went over to PA Rock Brad, and I got a blind back from that turkey hunt. Oh, he's. Earlier. Yeah, he's and, a, uh, he sets up perfect blinds. He does, he, and he's got a really good beard. Oh, don't you talk, oh, preaching man. the choir? Love that <laughs> guy's beard. I said, I said you and that Kyle fella, that <laughs> Kyle fella. Uh, yeah, I was guys trying to grow a beard up in the perfect blind. Yeah, he's trying. I mean, like I said, he's been trimming a lot, and I don't. I don't know why. Just let it grow. His dating website's getting hits every day now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Justin, what time of the day did you kill that deer? Uh, about eight fifteen, I guess it was. That seems like that's about the uh, that's about the time when yeah, it's a, a lot's going. That's down a good now, time. Right? Yeah, and I, tell you, I I wasn't expecting much to be honest. It was raining pretty good. Uh, and it was just that was an area that I I knew that they had to come through there, but I wasn't sure if it was a morning or a night or. I, but from the, the trail cameras I I had of them, they were all morning picks. I never had any evening picks of them. They were all morning picks. And the patch of woods I, I got them in, it connected two fields. Yeah. And I figured it was right along the fence row. Uh, and in previous years, they, there's been scrapes and rubs on that fence row. So I thought, you know what? There's a pile of acorns in here. Might as well give it a shot. And he, he skirted out around me. And I, I, I passed on the shot. 50 yards is a long shot, yeah. especially in timber. And uh, I, I, I let him go, and he circled out around me, downwind of me. And I thought for sure I was busted. And I don't know, with the humidity and the rain combination of that and me being in a blind he came back out and seven, he gave me a broadside shot 17 yards and i wasn't gonna yeah, pass back that's awesome supper, so know. that raises a moral dilemma for me like uh just not i don't know if i'm like every guy maybe you guys can shed light on it but like it's raining pretty good and i typically kind of choose not to do archery um, if it's raining pretty hard, um, but you're out, you're, you know, in the elements, mm -hmm. you, I, I don't think a 17 yard shot, you're going to probably watch that thing drop, you know? Well, I knew, I knew I went into that, that morning knowing that it had to be a perfect shot in the perfect situation because of the rain, yeah, and you guys, I'm sure you guys have tracked in the rain. It, sure, it, it was it was a bogger, and the, the property owner come up and helped me, and I, I called a couple buddies uh, on a on a on a dry day. That's a he went he went a hundred yards maybe, um, and I, I heard I even heard him crash, and I still had trouble uh, picking up blood, and I had three four sets of eyes helping me find this buck. So I knew going in that if it wasn't the perfect shot, I wasn't going to take it. And, you know, I've missed from closer, but 17 yards broadside's a pretty good, pretty especially on the ground. You, it's a pretty good shot to take. So yeah, I yeah. Well, you I lucked out. So you should be like me, drop them right in front of your stand, so you don't have to go get them. <laughs> I know. I need to work on that. Maybe we can do a, a shooting a shooting podcast. A little seminar from Sammy P. Pointers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be this is a little different shooting out of a blind, though, right, Justin? Uh, yeah, you have to. I, I, you gotta. I've shot through many blinds, um, but you got. I, I typically tend to, and I, I set my chair. I don't have one of them fancy archer chairs that swivel, and I just got a regular old fold-up chair that I throw in there, and um, I set it if if I know deer are moving in a certain lane, I'll set it up sideways. And I'll also set it up to the back 
of the uh, of the blind. You just got just because you can see your peep in your sight, don't mean that arrow is going to not. You know, it, it'll not clear the uh, the blind itself. So, but it is a little different. Yeah, I've, I've never hunted out of a blind with a bow. Uh, gun I have, but not a bow. Uh, it'd be a little yeah. different pulling back and, and watching what you're doing and making sure you're. So there's a little added pressure there. Uh, well, I shooting I out of a blind just a make bit. sure you're all set up. Yeah, I practiced a little bit this year because I've never killed a turkey with a bow, and that was my. I never. I didn't take a shotgun out once this year in turkey season or in spring gobbler. I wanted to kill one, so I did a little. The, the, the misses the old lady thought I was a little nuts setting a blind up in the backyard shooting especially when you live in town <laughs> but uh there you go but <laughs> the neighbors all think I'm a little loony but hey they're not far off <laughs> don't worry about that yeah right? I don't worry about it now do you keep your screens up on your blind or you bring you actually uh, have them down rifle season I'll keep them down turkey season I'll keep them down and uh in arch like this past one i i i, I uh you know i, I blended it in I, the, the, I cut some quick shooting lanes and what shooting lane what i had left in the shooting lanes i kind of threw up over the uh threw up over the blind and, and the spots that i had shooting lanes covered where the where i was you know the wind was in my face i left those open and i left the, the rest covered thinking i wasn't gonna get Especially on the ground, you know, on the ground for that thing to, for that buck to circle downwind and not catch a whiff of you is really something, you know, at yeah. least if you're elevated 15, 20 feet, you know, you got that playing in your favor. So anything that was downwind, I, I did, I, I kept, not, not only did I kept the screens up, but I kept the uh, the tarp up too, because it was a little, it was a little breezy that morning, you know, it was 10, 15 mile an hour wind. So I, I went ahead and kept them up and I just brushed it in on the backside. Yeah. So. Well, I didn't know because I mean I hunted out of the ground blind several times, and you you got to have fixed blades to shoot through those screens, and yeah, no, I don't know. I I the where I shot through, I shot through. Uh, I I opened them up. I took the screens out. Okay, yeah, that's generally what I do. I shot a nice, I shot two deer out of a, shot a nice big doe, and I shot a little six point out of a ground blind in my life, and it, I never shot through the screens, Justin. I'd uh i've never even practiced doing that that's i've seen and heard people do it but uh so when you're when you're practicing have, have you actually shot through the screens it works pretty well with fixed blades no like i said i've always i've always taken the screens down because yeah, okay. i shoot them i shoot a mechanical broadhead and I i've gotcha. always taken them down yeah but, uh, I, I haven't like had, i said, I've never really shot tree, through them before no, no, neither have I. I, 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 I don't know if I've ever even talked to anybody that that has, to be honest. But like I said, in archery season, anything that's downwind, I usually, you know, put the uh, put the uh, not only not only the screens, but I go ahead and put the windows up themselves too, just to help, you know, keep. Uh, and those things are pretty quick. If you think you got a shot, you can usually pull one down pretty easy, you know. Right. But like I said, I I, I put the blind. Cause it, it, like, I just threw it up for the Friday before, you know. I put the blind right up against the back of a blowdown, so I wouldn't have been able to shoot behind it anyhow. And then I just brushed it in around the blowdown, tried to break it up a little bit. And just to just to throw a curveball in there, did you get your license the same time you put that blind up too? Did you go to Walmart the night before? No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm not that guy. No, I like I like to. Uh, just check. I like to. I, li- I like to have my. I have to like to have my hunting license. Early. I like to try to get a doe tag. You know. Yeah. yeah. But I. I have been. I. I have many. Many a nights. Walmart at uh, nine o'clock or whatever time they. You know. <laughs> Those guys are great at nine o'clock at night to get your. <laughs> yeah, any type yeah, of license, right? you know. Yeah. Yeah. Very knowledgeable. Right. Yeah. they all look like they're about ready to have a stroke yeah, one, i want to take like the gopros and uh and stuff like that go to uh walmart the night before the first day of rifle season and just you know talk to dudes like they're the biggest hunters in the world like the guys that are buying their license in november <laughs> did they tell you how I we bought a mother buying her son a rifle with a scope on it 
the evening before rifle season at Kmart, back when Kmart used to sell guns. <laughs> oh, I believe that. When uh, we were up at Cabela's this year, we saw the same in thing. in the face. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's ready to go if it's got that. I just want to say stuff like, you know, how long you've been hunting. You sound like, you know, you real big. Since hun- last week. <laughs> I've been... Oh, we've been hunting for, you know, the last 30. Yeah, big hunter, you know. You got, what are you getting out the uh, first day and the first Saturday? What what You know what I love P- Brad is the guys at Cabela's and uh when we were up there, we were up working not long ago. We did a little thing for Cabela's and as we were taking a break up by the front, you know where all the beef jerky is. And uh <laughs> there was this guy and not picking, you know, people wear nice clothes, but like the three-piece suit, expensive shoes. He had a crossbow, bolts, clothes. I mean, he had probably a thousand dollars worth of stuff without the crossbow. Yeah, and the only thing I didn't see him do is go over and get a hunting license. And it was a week before archery, or you know, it was a couple of weeks before hunting, whatever. And uh, th- that was the same. That that one time at Cabela's, that our two group was up there, and there was a line to return things. It would look like Disney World. It was like a mile long. <laughs> and we waited in line to get up front, to get up front, to get up front. And uh, I forget for whatever reason. It was my fault. But everybody was pretty. We were buying know. licenses. Yeah. We got up We got up there. Er, I mean, we were early, but. We, we were the only ones buying licenses. And these people that were waiting in line behind us were pissed because, you know, when you buy all the licenses, they print out this mile long yellow, you know, ticket after ticket stamp. And uh, the the printer thing went down, so we had like fifty people behind us griping at, you know, six of us buying our hunting license. But that was the day. Anyhow, that was the day we saw, you know, the the one thousand five thousand dollar three piece suit fellow buying. And he's like, yeah, he has like a um, North Face jacket, and we're like, yeah, I bet you climb a lot of mountains too. <laughs> you know, and not, you know, and who knows? Not picking on him, you know, as a sportsman, we. Try not to, you know, do those kinds of things. But it was just one of those deals where you look over and go, "Yeah, that's a new. That's I wonder somebody yeah. invited him to go hunting somewhere. So do you need a crossbow I've, and some camo? I'll tell you, I've I, experienced that working in an archery shop. You get these guys that'll be, "Hey, you guys got that new carbon defiant? Like, yeah, we do. And they come in and what about it? Oh, I need I need everything for it. I'm like, oh, okay. So you know that's a fifteen, sixteen hundred dollar bow, and you're like, you know what? What do you want on it? Well, I just just give me the cheapest sight you got. I'm like, <laughs> it's my right. it's yeah. my first bow. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But but you know what? To his buddies, I got that carbon. I got that carbon defiant. You know, like. <laughs> wow. Here's what I got to tell you about sights, though. Once that pin's set and it's not going anywhere. That pin set, yeah, you can shoot. So, no, kind of a very expensive sight. Bradley might, defend, oh, no, might be no, defending not, that guy. <laughs> You're always the unlikely voice of reason. Uh, no, I agree with Brad on that. When my sight's not real expensive, neither, but it hasn't moved in years. But I don't see any. You know, I don't. I don't see anybody out there putting. You know, hundred dollar piece set of tires on a Maserati either. So it. So I get it. If you're going to buy the oh, most yeah. expensive oh, yeah. bow out there, there's no sense in putting a... $29.99 sight on No, right, exactly. You know, because you're going to... then those, You know, everything's made of plastic on them, and the first thing you're going to do is go to sight it in, and you're going to strip out the sight bolt, and that's that's it. <laughs> you know, like, that's all you're done. So, so you're not just paying for a name on a sight, huh? I No. Yeah. <laughs> you, probably one of the best sights I ever have is a uh, a black gold um, oh, yeah. fifty nine ninety nine, and it's I still have it. I bought that probably ten years ago, and it's a still pe- yeah. fifty nine ninety nine. I paid two hundred for mine. You got hose, <laughs> Sammy. They saw him coming. <laughs> let's let let's change let's change directions here a little bit because I have not had the pleasure and the opportunity to ever hunt deer with you guys back home even though you know i'm from back your way so let's talk uh butchering you know i i remember as a kid 
my uncle Hank and my father and my uncle Rusty would all, you know, the, the butcher room was the the favorite place to be. Um, unfortunately, my father was a factory worker, and you know as well as I do, sometime in archery season, even in sometimes like your your rain element, it you were hunting, and then it rained later when you weren't counting on it, and Dad would get home at. Uh, you know, say two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning has to be at the factory at six and it was a warm night. So is Holland brothers out that way? Is they, they still butcher deer. And, uh, my second part of my yep. question is in your group, who's the best butcher in your group or do you guys butcher your own deer? So, um, Holland brothers, uh, is still around. However, they don't butcher deer anymore. Um, only for like close friends and family, I guess is what you can say. Yeah. Uh, if at all. Um, but uh, the best butcher in our crew. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Justin. I can't. I'm not going to be self-proclaimed here, but I butcher a lot of deer. Yeah, this is always yeah, a yeah, tough yeah. question in any group because yeah, everybody yeah, in this group I, thinks they the, are. Uh, I have. I was lucky enough to. I have an uncle who's he. he uh, until he got into the railroad, he worked as a butcher. So a lot of times I still take it up to him. He's a pretty knowledgeable guy. Um, but, Brad, you're probably, as far as the, the, our group, I would say probably you for sure. Do the guys drop deer off at your house late at night, Brad? I did. Uh, they're more than welcome <laughs> to come over when they get one and, you know, help them do it. I have no problem. I actually enjoy it. Um Whenever I was younger, uh, we took ours to a butcher shop. We never really did them. Um, I went to a uh, neighbor's house and saw him do one. Uh, when I was growing up, my buddies did them. Uh, so I just kind of got the hang of it through that and got some different techniques for some different people. Um, I'm still no master at it. Uh, I'm still learning every time I do a deer on how to do something different. Uh, but... Ultimately, I just wanted to do it because I actually enjoyed doing it. I actually enjoyed doing my own deer. Yeah, I know where I know where the meat's coming from. Um, that I know it's clean. That's I know where that we are too. Every precaution that I took with my knives, with cleaning, with packaging, uh, everything was top notch. So that's why I like doing my own. Absolutely. I mean, I I find the camaraderie in the butchery room it, it just as much as the duck blind. I the even more so because. You don't have to worry about sitting still and none of that mess. It's a uh, you know loud music, blood, knives, and uh, a bunch of I can't say my favorite word. It's uckery with an F in front of it. So <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I I find it. I find a butcher room almost some of the funnest stuff there is. So yeah, what's uh. What what kind of stuff, Brad and, and Justin? What what's your favorite thing to make? You know, out of your deer. What do you guys generally like? For instance, you know, a lot of times I'll make, I'll pre-make. You know, once I butcher my deer and run everything through the grinder, I add bacon instead of tallow to mine. Or uh, I love to make uh, like two pound meatloafs different kinds of meatloafs and then i'll actually bake them and let them cool down and then vacuum seal them so i just have to heat them up but you know i'm a meatloaf and potatoes out tuna boy but what's your favorite stuff out back you know out there what kind of stuff do you guys like to make what's your favorite dish brad you want to go uh, first yeah go, go, yeah i'll go um my you know of course everybody's favorite is uh the tenderloins i love them uh that's the best thing basically everybody gets that back whether you take it to a butcher or not but my favorite thing on a deer is whenever we get one at camp uh we bring it back there uh it's not even skinned yet and you can reach up inside of there and grab a hold of the fish yeah and we rinse that off at camp wash the blood off of it we put it right on the grill right there usually um eat it up it is the best deer you will ever taste in your entire life absolutely if you want to take it home and marinate it in something uh you can do whatever you want but uh that is my favorite part bar none from a deer is the fish it's sacrilegious if you don't cook it before the butchering is done i i i've honestly never butchered or i mean eaten like on uh on site like that uh we've it's always made it back to the uh, freezer for me but i 
That's something I need to do. I, it's not like a want. Like, I need to start doing that. You haven't been down when we've been butchering deer much, have you? No, no. Usually that's a buddy of mine, Jimmy Hunt. Uh, we, we we do a lot. I mean, I we butcher in my garage constantly, too, but Jimmy Hunt goes through a lot. He goes through a lot of deer. And going over there, some of the arguments. Yeah. Just, just from everything, how to sharpen a knife to that's not the proper way to cut that steak. Hey, what do you, it's, I, I love it. I, I love aggravating the hell out of them too. I right. love sharpening the knife wrong on purpose just to tick them off. I, I have to say this, like, I mean, like not like now that I got the garage now, mm. like the garage Mahal, um, we're going to set up a pretty decent butchering station and, uh, in that that place, we'll be able to clear it out and make it what we need. Um, bucket full of knives and well, sharpeners. How, how long does it take to to butcher a deer? Start to finish, eight minutes. Eight minutes. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Six guys. I guess that depends on how many beers you drink. <laughs> Six guys and ten Havilons. We'll go with eight minutes. Go with eight minutes. Uh, but anyway, the uh, if you take it, the whole reason I brought the fish uh, it was because of my favorite part, but if you take that deer to a butcher, I would say 95% of the time, you will never see that cut of meat. Well, not only that, but you don't even know if you're getting your own meat back sometimes. Oh, you don't. I've no, been, that, I've, was another, right? that was another thing, but I didn't want to put those, I didn't want to put that in people's heads that the butcher shops are other people's deer because I've seen, I've actually worked at a, uh, butcher shop before for a couple of days and i tell you what man there's some crazy people out there crazy people that uh think that they you know their deer's good after you know two days of it being in the woods you know and it's 50 to 70 degrees out and they bring them in that's not good but they want that meat and you know whenever you're getting bologna and stuff you know, if it's no good, usually you throw it out, but these guys are nuts. Yeah, it's not the proper nuts. way to age a deer to let it lay out there for two days. So, so I, I grew up back in Altoona, near Altoona, too. I remember as a kid, you know, right around deer season, driving around with my parents and seeing these signs up, either nailed or stapled to telephone poles. It would say, deer butchering, you know, $50 plus hide. Sure, back yeah. in the day, yeah. <laughs> you said that that's still around back here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, especially the hide signs. Yeah. We buy yeah. deer hides. Yeah. You know, you just, yeah, I remember the, all over yourself. I never, I never really, you know, usually I get, I get at least one a year, a doe or a buck, um, typically doe for me. But at any rate, here, here. Uh, I get... Uh, doe hides, you know, I skin them myself, and every single time, you know, I skin them clean and everything, and there's only one shot at them, you know, typically, we hope, uh, and, uh, you know, I take, I never take them to them, I, I see the signs all the time, I don't even know what they pay, I, I guess I probably should, just to try and get like 20 bucks down. or 10 bucks think, or whatever. Yeah. I think they're down compared to what they they're used about, to be. They're I about mean, 12 bucks for a big one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a half a case of bush light. Yeah. If that matters to anyone. No, no. You <laughs> deer hides and beer. <laughs> I, I like I like Brad. It's like a horse and carriage. In cases of beer. It's like uh, peas and carrots. Skinning it so you can get that back with the hide. What What do you do, Shane? Uh, do you uh, Do you butcher your own, or you drop it off somewhere? Yeah, we we do it all. You know, down. Uh, Shane's an old farm boy back down east here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, bear. <laughs> Call him Bear. Yep. Uh, His last name is Bear, but it really fits. He's a big, uh, strapping young lad. Really? <laughs> He's a bald bear now. <laughs> he shaved his face, Brad. Oh, man. I don't know why you guys keep getting on him about that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with shaving. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Brad, tell him not to shave. But, I, I'm sorry, I, I, you kind of faded out there. I don't know what he said. Something about shaving, but you know. Yeah, old bear. I'm gonna shave the lower neck, man. Leave the rest grow. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Brad. I, That's what we're saying. I got attacked by a razor. 
He said he got attacked by a razor. Well, it was just clippers. <laughs> Where do you even get a razor? Not a razor. It was a clippers. I, 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 just I, my... I don't understand what you're saying. Okay. All right. Do you the, need to hear the beard story? Why, no, why I shaved? No. Okay. All right. It's not. A, it's not a story. There's nothing to tell. It's, it's like, fine. You can tell me later, bud. This isn't Fox <laughs> News. This isn't the CNN. It's not a story. It, it, you don't shave. There's no reason. It's like clowns. There's no reason for it. We're getting a little off topic here, aren't we? You're getting me all jammed up. Jeez. Now we're on clowns. You got me all worked up now. Yeah, don't start that. <laughs> I like Damn pizza. Clowns. Halloween's coming. I don't even know what to think. Uh, yeah, I. that is not... I mean, this is not up for debate. I'm going to put a sign out. No clowns. Clown comes on my property. Probably end up elbowing him in the face. Any <laughs> choking them out. You know, I never even I never hated clowns before, but I hate clowns. Oh, I've never liked clowns. I don't. I, they never bothered me, but now I don't like them. Anyway, and this, Shane, how you butcher like your deer? But you got to look at them differently now. Exactly. Preferably with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> now we uh, every time we get a deer up at camp. Um, I also hunt out in Shirley'sburg, Mountain Union area. Oh, nice. Yeah, but anyway, Mount we, Onion. Mount Onion, yeah. Uh, we, uh, you know, hang her up, skin her, quarter her, throw her in the cooler, take her home, and when we get home, butcher her right away. Throw the meat in the freezer or take it right to the butcher. You vacuum seal? Uh, no. We just get it to the butcher. Zip quick. Lock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, paper freezer paper yep yep so you don't butcher your own deer you kind of quarter your own deer yeah yeah I don't process it (laughs) we'll get you processing I gotta I preserve mine right from this so I pack my I pack my bullets with salt yeah yeah it makes sense yeah well I I shoot them so far away I gotta preserve them (laughs) when I get there (laughs) (laughs) it takes me a few days to get down there Uh, it makes sense Mm mm-hmm you see these new arrows with uh, bullet mm-hmm. tips on them? Yep. <sighs> they shoot deer, the bullet goes off. It's not. They're hogs. Haw- I, I see it with yeah, hogs. I think that's a it's, that's an explosive device. It's terrible. Like Rambo it's a bullet. It's got to yeah. be illegal in Pennsylvania. It, yeah. Everything's yeah, illegal in Pennsylvania. I can't imagine. You're putting a projectile on top of a projectile. It doesn't make sense. Like, don't do that. I'm sorry. So d- does it go off when the arrow is fired? Or on impact. On impact. impact. It has like a Don't drop it. Sure you have to be within reasonable bow range for that to impact to hit the primer. Well, works. I tried explode. So what the hell's the difference? <laughs> Sammy shot him. Sammy P shot one. He says it works. So does the arrow go flying back towards you? I mean, it, a- no, it blows up. Jeez. I shot so the arrow, the arrow itself has gone too. Yeah, the tip of it. Yeah. Oh, so wow. the thing's expensive. Plus you, a bullet, <laughs> plus a twelve dollar arrow. You shoot it once. Yeah. Hey, catfish. Yeah, got a question for you. Yes, sir. How long do you let your deer hang? Now, weather permitting, do your own deer. Weather permitting, that's how I do. I don't have a cooler. I can keep these things, but hanging. But I got weather permitting. Jealousy. How long do you ha- let your deer hang? I got a block garage, so it's it's fairly cold even in the summer. Um, you know, it's like a cave. Well, they, it's like what sixty-four degrees. Um, it, it depends. You know, if it it really depends, Brad, on my work schedule. If I'm pressed for time, I might butcher it that same night. Actually, but if I have the opportunity, I try to let my deer hang for three days in the garage. That's my preference. Yep. My it's my preference is three days. I I think that past five is too long, and I've tried it at five. And I believe, and it could be the age of the deer, but, you know, it, I believe it made it even a little tougher. Made it easier to butcher, don't get me wrong. The muscles tightened up nice, and it, I, I, get, I could cut some nicer cuts out of it. But I think three is the prime number here. That's just years of preference of, uh, of tr- trial and error. You know, uh, I've tried it overnight. I've tried it for five days, and uh, I think three is the magic number here. So, uh, I tend to agree with that. I'm a week. I like week. Yeah, a full seven days. So you get it back from the butcher. Yeah. No way. No, I like to let it hang for a week if I can. No, he usually brings it over to my house. You know the tradition. The tradition. When of Sammy hunting, doesn't uh, 
Yeah, when Sammy's not busy butchering his own deer, and uh, he might help me out for sure. The tradition of hunting itself, I, I find to be taught from the beginning. Practice, practice, practice with your bow. Number one, you know, how to track, how to sit still. You know, for me, it's for me a lot of times it's how to properly prepare my clothes since I'm a smoker. Keep them in a bag. I don't wear them in my truck. I don't take them in my house. They are dressed in and out of the field. I find it, I don't want to use the word sad, but I find it, and I don't want to use the word lazy, but at some points when we teach youth to hunt, probably 80% of the time if uh, they drop off at the butchering part. Like, let's let's learn how to hunt. Let's buy equipment. Let's practice, practice, practice. Let's have father and son time, father and daughter time, do- whatever. Right. And let's get to the point where we knock this deer down, take some pictures, have that epic moment. But yet you miss the photos. You miss you miss the amazing part of actually butchering your own meat. Right. Eighty percent of the time that's not taught. So am I wrong on that? Do you I mean I see No, it's lazy and sad. I'll I'll use the words lazy and sad. I, I don't I know s- what the percentage is, but I I mean that's one of the better things to do. I I, I have so much fun. You know, just uh, it's time consuming, so people don't want to do it, right? Or they feel that they can't do it. Sure, you know. But you know, the first time I picked up a bow and at an archery club, you know, when I had all these older people around, I was like, oh, I I can't shoot with these guys. You know, look how good they are. You know, and then years later, you know, they give me your autograph. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Oh, you know, the good thing about the good thing about getting your kids into it and. not only do they learn the skill for life, but, you know, when they're older, they'll do the same thing. And whenever they have a wife and kids, you know, and, uh, you know, you've been out for the third day in a row in the evening hunting after work and your wife's getting aggravated with you and you kill that buck and you're like, well, I got to, now I got to use some extra time. I got to butcher it. I got to drink some beers. The boys are coming over. I killed a nice buck. So, you know, they can do it themselves and buy themselves some time. Right. Let's you know. And teaching, teaching youth, there's so many you know, so many life lessons that doesn't pertain just to hunting. You know what I mean? Everything from, you know, teamwork, you know, you, you got a couple guys help you get out, get a deer out of the woods to responsibility. I have my son right now. He is grounded from hunting. He hasn't been out yet. Oh. And if, Hey, if you know what, if you're not responsible it's enough to, for me to tell you no and not do something, how am I going to, te- how am I going to take you? Into a tree stand with a loaded rifle. Never. It's not happening. I, I respect you that. Know? I'd be like, this hurts so. me a lot more than it hurts you. I respect that, but ultimately it's tough to get kids out. I get a phone call from his mother. Hey, where's where's Maverick's broadheads? I'm like, well, I took them. Why'd you do that? I said, because I know you're soft and you're going to fold. So, <laughs> like. Because I'm using know, them. So you no broadheads to go up, <laughs> you not. <laughs> no, but let's two weeks, two weeks. You know, I I I agree with that. I mean, you have to. We get back. Let, let's take it. Let's take it back even a step further. Past tradition, past what we love about hunting. What's the whole reason that we learn to hunt? We learn to hunt so that we can provide for our families. We can provide meat for our families. Past the point of sportsmanship. So we get back to the root of teaching children how to sharpen a knife, how to build a fire how to gather meat, you know, and then you don't teach them to butcher so that when one day when the lights go out, that's great. You can kill an animal, but now you're sitting in the dark in a mountain and have no clue what to do with it. <laughs> you probably go as far as to buy them a sharp knife, but they don't have nothing. They don't know what to do with it. No. Havilon. Get a Havilon or Gerber if you're Kyle. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. My rant's over. Learn to butcher. Do it. <laughs> and if you don't want Blade to... Stone is all you need. Yeah, if you don't want to learn to butcher, bring it to me, and you'll get it back minus the fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's dependence. <laughs> that's right. So that, that's butcher a, tax. That's a nice thing. Like I, all my buddies, like I, during hunting season, they always call me up when they get one, and uh, they always bring it over. It's like, well, I said. You guys need to learn to start doing. It. Well, you got a nice setup. It's like, that don't matter. It's like, you guys Sam, you have meat. a butcher table. You have a, an electric hoist. You got sharp knives for days. You're asking for it. Basically. Chainsaws with fillet knives on them. 
So it's funny because I always I like I get to them for payment. It's like I get your two good steaks and the inside. So oh, you can have them. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we are always raised like my mom came from a family that butchered. So I mean. I always was uh, watching her do it, and when she I, butchered for a long time. Yeah, yeah, cows and pigs. So um, I learned a lot from my grandpa and my mom, and ever since then I've been doing it. So I let, love doing it. Let me learn from you guys, PA Ruts on the line here. Tell me what I'm looking for in the coming weeks. What's my first clues that the rut's going to start? Like, like what? What's I'm in the woods. Meat gathering season. What what is it? To, what's my first clues for? You know, treat me like a treat me like a newbie. I don't know how to archery hunt. I just I'm I'm rich. I got a fancy suit. I bought a crossbow. North face. Jack. How do I know the rut starts? Justin, you want to take this one? Yeah. Uh. Well, I would say the first thing you're gonna start looking for is the smaller bucks up on their feet, starting to chase. You know, they're just like us. As, they were like us as teenagers. You know, they're not sure what the hell's going on, but something is. Oh man, that's right what got on. me. That's what got me grounded. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, your, your scrapes are going to start picking up. Uh, and I'm, I'm a big guy, and and I, I believe you know you got to you got to play play the weather. Colder the better. Uh, more drastic drops like 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 it's been. 80 degrees this week and tomorrow i i haven't checked the forecast but i think it's supposed to get down in the 30s tonight you know i would say tomorrow's going to be a good day and tomorrow will be an indicator of it's getting to be later october that i think you're going to start seeing them younger bucks up and and, and moving and chasing and nose to the ground gotcha um cool. should be a good day tomorrow um what i do uh, and you, you know, you have to go out there and try and find this. But uh, I was fortunate enough to find a community scrape. It's an old cool hearth uh, that's had this uh, branch over it for a long, long time. Uh, I've been getting pictures there. I've known this thing's been there even before trail cameras were available. Uh, I set my trail camera up on this hearth, uh, and I basically, like the last two days, just for instance, uh, or I picked up my. Uh, card on Thursday and the last two days before that I had six different bucks at this community scrape uh, one decent one which I showed GI a picture of it last night uh, mm -hmm. I think it was last night anyway so one yeah. decent buck but uh, that was one of a few bucks that were in there and out of there in three days so I know that that I just leave my camera there um, I know whenever the big boys start showing up at that scrape and the rut is on they're starting to search a little bit that's so that's how I get my indication like that the big guys are on their feet you know the the young ones are always kind of kind of rolling around there um, from the middle of October until you know into rifle season really but um, for me to get that uh, feeling like yeah it's on that's whenever I see that big boy show up at that scrape because he's checking that because he knows every single buck in that area has been at that scrape at least once and the does are frequenting it and it's just uh that i mean that's it man i found it and that's my secret for trying to pinpoint a buck i did it two years in a row now didn't get a good shot at him so i couldn't take it but uh i've seen that buck that i was searching for on that old cool hearth so you're setting up you're the, like what you're saying is is you're setting up right on right near there or is it a couple uh 50 yards away or you're you're right on it well i'm fortunate enough to have private ground so there's a huge bedding area in between this cool hearth and another open open area and so what i do is i have a i have a lock on on the one side of it and i have a lock on on the other side of it Get you and some. i uh i play the wind so if the wind's blowing from a different area into that bedding area i choose the other stand yeah, uh, and I only really hit them up whenever it's the uh, the only time I ever go in there is to change that trail camera card out and to change the batteries. That's the only time I ever go in there until like the 25th and on of October. You stay out of it. And I was actually th I was actually thinking about going in there tomorrow because I have a decent nine point on there and I want to see them in the daylight. But 
He's only in there at night right now, so I'm thinking I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm going to go somewhere else where there's some acorns dropping. Hopefully get lucky over there. Uh, but that is my indication when the rut's kicking in is when those big boys show up at that community scrape. There's always community scrape on a property. I don't care if it's game lands in your area, on a private ground, uh, national forest, whatever you want to do. There's always that community scrape. Find that, get a camera on it, and you'll know when the big boys are on their feet. Gotcha. So- I think one thing that's very, very underrated, you know, you see people making mock scrapes, hanging drippers, um, you know, running a drag line in with them, doe esters on it. I think one of the most underrated things out there to hunt over is a water source. You know, when these bucks are putting 10, 15, 20 mile on a day chasing does, they're going to want water. If you can hunt over a good water source, you know, not only they're dogging does too, so those does are going to be thirsty. And when you got does come late October, early November, mid November, you're going to have bucks as well. So I I, I, I totally agree with that. Don't be afraid to get on a water source and hunt on a water source. I agree with that. Let me ask you another question. I agree with that as well. So I'm in my stand and. You know, I'm watching this eight point, and three nights in a row, roughly within the same hour, I see this eight point, roughly 100, 120 yards from me through the woods, and it's hardwoods. Uh, you can get bits and pieces of them here and there, but you can definitely see the horns. He's traveling the same direction, coming from, uh, I believe it's his food source down over the hollow, and he disappears into the hollow at the same place every time. And it's close to the property line, but he's in the same spot every time. I know that he has worked his way up through the property. Uh, Do I stay the rest of the season, or do I get down there and put scent and try to rehang a stand where I've seen him three nights? Like, what, like... Do, I don't like chasing... I don't like chasing... What time of year? Yeah, I don't like chasing dogs. What time of year? Uh, yeah, this is, this was last year and it was the end of October. So I don't believe that the, I don't obviously believe last year at the end of October, the rut was in, in my area, the way people said it was, you know, Pennsylvania, I I get a lot of guys that always say, Oh, the rut's on. Yeah. And I don't always buy it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that it was actually. <laughs> so, but anyhow, I mean, what do you guys do if you see if you're seeing a buck? I mean, in a certain area, obviously you want to get closer to him, but I don't want to screw Rudd up, you know, and get my best shot at him. Maybe spook him out of the area totally. Do you chase him or do you wait? At that time of year, I would say you wait. You don't get in there. Don't disturb him. You know he's in the area. Um, I would say trying to find the outskirts of where this buck is bedding. Uh, try and find some scrapes. Try and find some rub lines. Uh, not necessarily rub lines because it could be any buck. Uh, but this buck you're trying to pinpoint. Try and find a big scrape in the area near where he's bedding. Um, trying to set up on a different, uh, like an avenue that he's coming down into that scrape to should try and check it out. Because uh, ultimately when that rut kicks in, that buck could be bedded a mile away from where he's at but he's always going to come back and check that scrape uh if he's in the area so that's what i say i i mean in what we call like in pennsylvania we just talked about this in our last podcast um the actual rut we can't hunt it uh so what we're trying to do is get this deer before uh the rut kicks in and ultimately uh for my feeling and for what i've noticed in the deer woods growing up and and hunting the actual you know, the, the chasing period and stuff, it's not the rut you want to hunt. It's right before the rut kicks in. Uh, you want to get out there, you know, before that actual... Seeking and chasing. You want to get Yeah, you want the seeking and chasing period. That's when you're going to see the most deer. You want to get out there before the rut hits because once the rut hits, everything goes on lockdown, and you're going to be like, where the hell did the deer go? And that's where they went because the rut's on, the, the bucks have their does pinned down, and they're not letting them, not letting them out of the thicket. And they're just kind of sitting there waiting, and it does are too. So um, the seeking and chasing period is key. And I think they had that lockdown, and then again, like I think after bear season comes down, I think bear season is pretty much the lockdown. Um, but in PA, 
And then after after PA, then it starts picking up a little bit again with a little bit of seeking and chasing, but not a whole lot. I think in that situation, it depends on a lot. You know, I mean, if if you if you get a day where it's not too windy and it rained all night, and you can sneak in and get in to close, you know, get in close. I I, I don't think I don't think you're gonna hurt nothing. If he's traveling that same path, the wind's right. And you can get in on top of them. I, I think you could possibly take that shot. I got you. you know, no, I wouldn't want to go in there. If I wouldn't want to go in there, if if he's you know due west and you got an easterly wind, then maybe not. But I think if you get you know you get the right conditions, the wind's right, the wind's key, and and if if you can if you can get in on top of them quiet, if you know, I, I think. Well, getting think in, you would getting be in, okay. getting in quiet's not an issue where I hunt and there's a really there's a really predominant ridge right below me so when they come up the ridge and they crest the ridge they're already within 40 yards of my stand now what I'm talking about is the majority of the does are in my area and you know from my scouting and everything that I've done this is where I've set my stand hoping when the chase comes on, that the bucks will also chase these does, considering the does seem to just magnetize to this area. Um, And I take great pride in staying late and not spooking these does so that they don't know I'm there without taking shots at them. However, it's very frustrating to be around does and see this buck 100 yards away. This is not the first year this has happened to me, by the way. Um, I'm highly... I'm highly thinking about moving my lock on down there next year, but I know what will happen with my lock. I'll move down there and I'll watch him walk around where my stand was last year. So <laughs> it's tough. Well, that that's why we love hunting. I mean, there's no that's that's why we love hunting. It's more than you know, just killing and eating. It's trying to figure out. It's the chase ourselves. I mean, uh, Justin and, and Brad said it right. I mean, we want to hunt the chase time and chasing them down is what we do i love it well, so i appreciate those, it those are bait yeah yeah they are bait yeah are and bait, i also so. think if you can if you can see that deer and you can see its posture if it's october and he looks like he's noses to the ground i mean i carry i carry i carry uh i got, I got one of the uh, i got a deer call this year i got the extinguisher and i Oh, the I extinguisher! Like I do. I like it. I do like it. Um, but I, talk, I think it. Talk, you know, talk the, I care. What's the? Huh? What's, a, what's the? Um, talk the language. Quote, talk the language. Yeah, talk the language. Yeah. Speak Here's the language. Here's another. Language. That's speak like primos or something. Yeah. Here's yeah, another question to you guys in your, you know, in your, uh, in your travels in the woods. Have you had much success in Pennsylvania since we don't get heavy into the rut season? The, the seems like the seasons are off for us. The timing's wrong. Uh, the seasons are set at the wrong dates, whatever the case may be. Have you guys ever had and seen yourself full-blown success rattling in Pennsylvania? Like seen a buck come running to the horns? Um, no. I, no I, well, there was one time that I rattled – I don't know if it was coincidence or or what, but I did rattle, and I had a seven-point show up at the base of my tree stand. Um, I rattled. It was five, ten minutes had gone by. I So I can't tell you. I've never – I think I think you can't rattle an eyesight of a deer. I think it's tough to grunt um, a deer in if it's in sight. You know what I mean? I think maybe, you know, like you were just saying, you know, you see him going 100 yards. You can tell he's a buck. You can't tell much more. You let a little subtle grunt to get his attention, you know. Well, I was, I ask, I was asking because I've tried to rattle this buck last year back to me, and it's never worked. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I want, there, like I said, the one time I rattled and he and a buck did show up, and now, like I said, that could have been just luck, but it was it – was, First, it was the end of the first week of November. It was it was cold. There was snow on the ground. I mean, it was a great morning. This was three, two or two or three years ago. But um, we do our our seasons are screwed up. I think 
I love inline muslet. I love in. I, I but I think it's in. A, I, I just don't agree with the time of year that it's in. You know, if you want to have an inline an inline muzzler season, a youth muzzler, or in a youth season to kill does, why don't you do that the week before archery starts? You know? I think I think all these seasons are off. They every season there is conflicts with my fishing problem. So <laughs> it don't matter what time of year it is. It's oh. are you out chasing muskies right now? Actually, we weren't. Me and Stevie uh, sitting here at the table were just out uh, slamming some crappies earlier. So. Uh, Oh yeah, Maybe a couple bass were still biting, but uh, uh, some intel. Uh, spoiler, don't like to give things away, but since our good friends PA Rudder on the phone, the catwalk uh, down in uh, Harrisburg right now are slamming uh, keeper walleye. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good eating right there. Yep, spoons, white Mister Twisters, and uh, a couple jerk baits. They're. Uh, I know a couple good fellows that are... Uh, These are a few of my yeah. favorite things. So, you know, Susquehanna's producing some keeper walleye right now, and uh, they're they're limiting out three nights in a row. By the time this podcast comes out, uh, they won't bite anymore, so never mind. That's the way fishing goes. Right now, we're at an hour and one minutes, hour and two minutes here, so... Well, we could have talked for probably... Yeah, we could... that much. I was Easy. just getting into fishing. It was about ready to get an hour. Easy. <laughs> Uh, we loved having you on. Um, Thanks, guys. You know, this has been an awesome podcast, and it didn't. We didn't really have a, a super solid direction, but we. I think we learned a lot. Give the PA Rut guys credit and some due. They they know their stuff. I mean, we we uh, the R two group. We're always kind of uh, we're out killing everything: pheasants and ducks and deer and. They're more specialized. But, uh, yeah, PA Rut, they know their deer, huh? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, and we can't get it all done in one night, so we're going to thank PA Rut for joining us tonight so we can wrap it up. But to be continued, sound good? Got to. Yeah. Sounds like a mini series. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, be, because I, I got more questions for you guys on things that uh, I've seen happen and things that I, I've seen that I want to happen not happen, and maybe you can shine some light on the subject for us. So, uh Thank you, guys. I've been, in the, I've been in the deer road since I was 11 years old. I've seen a lot of things out there. I'm no expert uh, by any means. I keep on learning every single year. Uh, I, I screw up every single year. Those bust me every single year. Uh, like I said, I'm no expert by any means, but uh, I love deer hunting. I love the passion for it. I think what I'm doing is right, uh, and I just keep on pushing, 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 and hopefully one day. I'll get that buck of a lifetime in bow season. That's the big thing with me in the bow season. Yeah. That's what and, it's all uh, we'll about. see what happens. Thanks for keeping our tradition alive and passing it on, too. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Got two boys coming up into it, so we'll see what happens with those two. And not only that, just your listeners alone. I mean, you, I'm, I know you guys probably inspire a lot of guys to that maybe wanted to quit to, uh, to keep pushing, so... And the yeah, the inclusion that you guys bring uh, to the you know kind of connecting Pennsylvania together uh, is pretty phenomenal and interesting to us. Yeah. Very remarkable. You know, Pennsylvania gets a bad rap, but it gets a bad rap for its deer. And I think by what you guys do, by what we do, we're um, gonna yeah, we're making we PA can, sexy again. That's what that's we, it. Bring a sexy back. <laughs> hey good luck tomorrow guys and we'll uh when we're all out right. kicking pheasants we'll try to chase one to you all right brother all right guys. see you guys all see right. you guys hey, thanks we'll a lot yeah it's a right. pa rut report follow them on facebook download their podcast good guys very much uh all right this has been a phenomenal show thank you all we uh we love you Thanks for following along. This is uh, we're trucking right along with the episode, so sure are. Uh, we try to bring you one a week. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram. All these beautiful things that we call social media. Um, all right, we That's are it. Rutten River Pursuits. Until next time, let our highs and lows inspire you to take to the outdoors. Peace. Later. Later. Peace. Say it.
Thanks for listening to the Rut and River Pursuits podcast. Follow the R2 Pro staff by searching Rut and River Pursuits on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until the next episode, we need to see you in the outdoors.